0: Welcome into episode fifty-seven of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined. It's just the two of us, uh, but we're gonna make it through it. David Sisk of Cats Illustrated. David, what's going on with you, man?
1: And I don't know if I can get on, uh, get along without Travis or not, man. This will be tough.
0: I know, I know. He, uh, uh, Travis, had a last-second event p- uh, pop up that he cannot record with us this evening. But have no fear; we will try to keep you as entertained and informed as we possibly can. Um, but have you been, man? It's we kind of it's yet huh. another hectic week. Your schedule is just absolutely nuts. Uh, trying to juggle both, you know, big boy websites with North Carolina and Kentucky at the same time. So, how how is your sanity right now?
1: Well, it, that that's just on on the side. Just add that to a full time job.
0: Oh, that's you right.
1: <laughs> try uh try teaching in the middle of COVID right now with, with a lot of distance learners, and uh, you know that you add all that together, and it, it's it's a packed house.
0: What is the hardest thing about being a a virtual teacher now? Because I just it, me just recently graduating from college, you know, I, I get to see some of my younger high school friends and college friends that have gone on to be teachers but they're brand new with it they're just now getting started this is the for a lot of them this is their first experience as a teacher you are a a veteran in the teaching game having to completely redo everything what you're doing what is the hardest part about it
1: well you know learning technology I guess for it was was a a little bit of a concern but that's worked out pretty well um I think you're not sure the kids at school or, or excuse me at home how well they're learning. We've had several opt to go from distance learning to come back to school because they were just struggling. I think you run into some that don't like school anyway and, and I guess they thought distance learning might be their vacation. That's <laughs> not worked out very well. But yeah. I think one thing too is just relationship with the kids. You know, we're we're where I'm at, we're in a poor county and um you know, there's a lot of kids struggling at home and, and families are struggling and, you know, food, clothing, being able to pay bills and all that stuff. And when they were at, at school, you know, you could really kind of keep your finger on that pulse mm-hmm. and do some things to help them. And, you know, now they're they're not there and, you know, you just kind of worry about what their home life's like and, and, and it, you know, it makes helping a lot harder.
0: Well, I appreciate your efforts to kind of, you know, do what you can to keep things keep things rolling on your front, and and I appreciate you joining us tonight. This is. Uh, it, Recruiting is very slow right now. Let's just be, yeah. let's just be totally honest. There's a, there are a few big time stories to talk about, but not a lot of little individual things to talk about. So um, this show might not be run as long. You know, we, we say that all the time. Oh, this is going to be just a medium sized show and it ends up being two and a half hours. You know, things get off the rails very quickly, but Based on the, just the list of topics, this, this might be one of uh, one of our shorter shows uh, just because there's not a whole lot to talk about. We have Sky Clark's recruitment that he just set a commitment date, uh, Hunter Salas and how that dynamic fits in with everything. Bryce Hopkins uh, announced that he's going to be cutting his list to five this weekend. And then Olivier Saar kind of sort of got his waiver, kind of didn't. So those are the, the main talking points that we have uh, this, this evening. Um, so let's jump, jump right into the to last one we just talked about, Olivier Saar. So we got news from Dick Vitale, of all people, who comes out and, and says, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, I heard that the NCAA officially cleared Olivier Saar uh, two months ago and that we're only waiting on the sec right now and then i believe it was ben roberts of the herald leader that came out and he confirmed that report with the ncaa and said yes they uh we have uh, approved olivier to play um but still said that the sec that that the ball's in in greg sankey's court now we're 100 percent waiting on what the sec has to say and, and whether or not olivier will be eligible so david what is your take on, on this being, you know, a two-step process that, you know, are you kind of a glass half full type guy that uh, we're halfway over? We have at least half of our answer confirmed right now, or are you kind of uh, taking more of the pessimistic approach that, okay, this is a little bit more complicated than we thought. Uh, have, have your thoughts changed at all on this, on this uh, situation?
1: Um, I'm um uh... I feel pretty good about it. I think I feel better about them having to jump through NCAA hoop – excuse me, SEC hoops than I do NCAA um, because you just never know with them. Uh, The SEC is a whole new thing, and I don't think a lot of times we're as aware of of what, uh, you know, the the SEC's protocol is, um, whereas, you know, we – the whole concern the whole time, nobody ever thought about the SEC. Mm-hmm. It was just the NCAA. So the NCAA grants you eligibility. Well, great. And we didn't even know, really. A lot of people didn't. We didn't think about it. There was another jump to a hoop to jump through. Um, and these situations are so much different. Uh, I think Kentucky's going with it. Same thing on the football side, I think, with Gatewood. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a similar thing. Oh, Tennessee, uh, in football with Cade Mays, uh, you know, they're waiting on an SEC waiver, but that was more of an in-conference deal from Georgia to Tennessee, and I know that, that Kirby Smart's not too happy about that transfer. Right. Uh, whereas it tells me that Wake Forest and Steve Forbes went along with it and, and, and gave, gave their okay for the transfer, didn't do anything to try to block it, so they were good sports. So, a lot of these are just so, you know, they're different. It, it does concern me a little bit that here we are uh, basically 48 hours or less from opening kickoff, and you've got guys like, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee are still waiting on uh, okays from the SEC. And, I mean, we're we're right up there ready for an opening kickoff, and they still haven't heard anything yet. So, um, you know, th- that part concerns me of, of how long the SEC could drag this thing out
0: yeah and i mean you look at greg sankey's comments specifically about the joey gatewood and i know this is a basketball podcast but again there's not much to talk about right now so we might as well
1: Well, it... it's still no
0: it's still it, it it connects but greg sankey was asked about this specific thing on a radio show on a local radio show and he said the rules are rules for a reason you guys said them. he was like if you guys want anything changed with this you're the league presidents. You can vote this rule out. This is on you guys. I'm just, I'm just the, the, the one that implements the rules that you guys put in place. So that was a little bit worrisome for me that he didn't kind of, didn't give really give any, you know, confidence to, to us, basically saying, you know, yeah, well, there's individual cases. We'll have to see. He kind of set a blanket. I, I'll be ruling on whatever the rules are. So, that part was a little bit a little bit nerve-wracking for me but going back to olivier sar's case i went to the official sec rule book it's it's sec byline 14.1.15 uh, and that states a student athlete who upon enrollment at the certifying institution has less than 2 years of eligibility remaining shall not be eligible for intercollegiate competition at a member institution until the student has fulfilled a a resident requirement of one full academic year or two full semesters at the certifying institution. So their rule basically
1: is, a red shirt. Yeah
0: their their rule is if you transfer into our program or our conference with with uh with less than two years of eligibility remaining you have to sit out a year no questions asked but it goes on to say a member institution may request a waiver from the conference office for a student athlete transferring from an institution and then listed three separate cases that was uh discontinuing a sport um that they can't that student athlete can't complete his or her eligibility uh, at the institution um, for the purpose of enrolling in an academic program not offered at the institution for which she is transferring so so he or she is transferring so they didn't really say we approve waivers for cases like olivier stars olivier stars was just a, a from what we know a professional decision that he's Thought Kentucky was the best for his professional future. I don't know how strong of a case uh, it would be to the to the SEC. We had a strong case for the NCAA. They obviously saw the the same way because they approved him. But I'm very interested to see how strict the SEC gets uh, about this. You would you think-
1: don't hear many you don't hear many seniors uh, yeah. leaving. I, I I've been far from going in depth on this uh, because I've, I've actually in the last couple of days try to go back and look at cases in the SEC and, and try to find if there are any seniors who left or granted eligibility. And there were some I would look for who were actually, actually a little bit younger than I thought and weren't seniors, but it had been, you know, sophomores, juniors, things like that, who went to the SEC. Nick King was one I thought of because he was in so many schools, but he was actually a sophomore after his sophomore year when he went to Alabama from Memphis. Um, but... Um, a lot of these guys, when they wait that long, man, they're 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 grad transfers. Yeah. So you know, seniors coming on board, uh, actual seniors are really rare. Uh, one thing that you might look at, and I know this just from having um, covered Vanderbilt for a couple of years. Um, Vanderbilt has a a rule, and actually, it's a SEC rule uh, for graduate transfers, and it goes along with this. Mm -hmm. If you uh, are at, if you go graduate transfer from one school to another, you can't go to that school if you're going to take a, your grad class is going to be the same one the other school offered. In other words, if I want to get an MBA and the other school I was at offers an MBA, I can't transfer. And it always hurt Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt – and I'll show you where I'm going with this. Vanderbilt is a – has a very small uh, uh, graduate school department. They don't have – they don't offer many graduate, you know, courses. Yeah. Uh, So you take a big state school, it's hard to find one that that school doesn't offer and go to Vanderbilt because it's usually much smaller. So this time it's kind of turned around that perhaps Wake Forest – you know, has this, you know, would have – Kentucky would have classes. The Wake Forest doesn't have, but here's the thing. Can you pull that off and say, by the time a kid's a senior, say, oh, he's going to change his (laughs) major, you know, or would a kid even want to do that? Right. So, you know, there's a a lot to look at there.
0: Yeah. So, that makes me more – it definitely makes me more optimistic with SARS case specifically that the NCAA approved it, that they deemed that – his case was strong enough with them to approve it which would would lead me to believe that the sec which relies on kentucky basketball and the 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 overwhelming status of kentucky being the you know the gold standard and, and all that stuff that is a money driving program for them they need kentucky to be good to you know for for their own sake so you wouldn't think that they would go out of their way to decline a waiver from one you know arguably the best transfer in the game in college basketball in favor of, um, you, you know, j- just out of the sake of, of a nitpicky rule in the ACC rule book. So, you know, I, I personally think that they'll end up going forward with with this. Um, I think I, end up
1: I'm kind a- of but. the other way from listening really? to that that bothers me a little bit because I think those three waiver issues are pretty well set in stone. Yeah. And And that's the thing, and I'm sitting here thinking – First one no, second one no, third one maybe. But yeah. then look, and that's kind of a stretch. So, you know, the thing is, what the SEC, if the SEC decides to do that, you know, it's they're going to kind of going outside those three areas, you know. So, you know, will they do that?
0: But do you think that, given the you know the, these rules have been established for years now, we're more so focused on the time right now with COVID going on with, with such an, a, an, uncertain, you know, this is, these are unprecedented times. We've talked about this on the show in the past, unprecedented times call for unprecedented decisions. And I think this personally would fall under that category without even. Well, let
1: me ask you this. Would you say about. that Gatewood and Cade Mays are, they're probably in that same situation. I mean, you know, they're not discontinuing the program they're, Yeah, you know, there's there, there, none of that stuff going on. And you're talking about going from one big state university to the other one. So, you know, there's not anything there. It really leaps off the page. So, yeah. I'm like you. Yeah. I think in the end it will. But they're going to have to pull something out of left field. I, I just don't think it's a clear-cut case. That you, I, I think more than anything you're throwing yourself on the mercy of the court. You're not going into the to, – to the, uh, uh, Kentucky law and saying okay we this is where you messed up we got you here on this one I think you're just you're pleading for mercy more than anything
0: yeah yeah I'm pulling up Greg Sankey's comments on the other rule the SEC to SEC rule so this is this is completely different but his wording with the other one was so stern. I mean, it, it, I mean, he, the, the rule literally said uh, there's a very direct rule that says if you transfer from school A to school B in the SEC, you serve an academic year of residence uh, before you're eligible. There are a set NCAA oddity ex, uh, exceptions, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we're inviting people to campus knowing there's a clear rule. And now everyone points says, well, you need to let people out of that rule. Uh, so, he kind of worded it like, "Again, you guys put in this rule. I'm only the I'm only the one that's following the rule. You guys need to change the rule if you want me to change my tone." Uh, so let I'm, me ask I'm, you I'm this: Who? You, it, but
1: who do you feel more optimistic about, uh, Olivier or Gatewood? Um, from, from looking at all this, you've read, you've read that the statutes on, on both from an out of conference transfer for a senior. And then for an, an in conference transfer, so you've looked at both. So I would. Which one are
0: you most optimistic about? I would probably say SAR, given the the bylaw itself had an out. You know, they literally writ in they they literally wrote in there. Okay, these are our rules, but if you want out of them, here are the guidelines. So if they're already willing to have an out for this specific byline or bylaw. I, I would assume that they'd be a little bit more flexible than – especially with, with Greg Sankey being as outspoken and defiant with it, you know, with, with with this on a public radio show. For Tennessee football, for Kentucky, you know, Auburn's – I mean, he was a four-star. Joey Gatewood is a is a high-profile transfer going, you know, from a high-profile school, big name out of a high-profile school. Same thing with Cade Mays, you know, Georgia – if he's willing to be as, you know, outspoken and and against it with that case, it kind of gives me more, you know, kind of makes me a little bit more more pessimistic on that case than it does with 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 this other one. So I, I definitely lean SAR. What do you think?
1: Uh yeah, and, and honestly, I'm not kept up with a Gatewood deal as much, but it just seems to me that I think we get more pressed than obviously. I mean, if 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 they go first, let's say Cade Mays is eligible, then Gatewood's got to be eligible behind it.
0: Yeah, got to. Uh, yeah, those are, those are going to so, be 1A, one 1B. One one yeah. Yeah, so you've got to wonder,
1: okay, if you look more out of the SEC or NECC, I would think that a player would be more – it looked to me like he would have a better shot if he was coming out of the league. Because it just looks to me like if you're inside the league, that's just another hoop you got to jump through. Uh, but like I said, he's a senior, uh, and it looks like, you know, the the academic requirements on this uh, make it look like, uh, you know, that, that there are some statutes there, like we said, they're set in stone that uh, they're going to have to find a way maybe to get around.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see, especially, you know, I think Mark Stoops specifically said in the last, Coupled hours that he didn't feel confident that Joey Gatewood was going to get his, um, that he that it wasn't going to get his his waiver before this Auburn trip. So the wait will continue into next week and, and beyond for there. But I don't,
1: I don't understand if you're going to do it or not. Let's say they don't get it. I understand that, yeah, because so I mean, when did he transfer? I mean, it was back in the winter. So you've had this whole time to look at this. Why do you wait until the season, after the season starts to do this thing? It just does not make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> makes no sense to me at all. And, uh and it, and it definitely creates a, a difficult situation for us as fans of just football. I mean, you want to see Joey Gatewood eligible. You want to see Olivier Sar eligible. I mean, there's, there's so many moving parts and all that, but I get it and I get it, but you just think in, in these difficult times that they would, that they would just kind of rush to make these decisions and get it over with. And, and,
1: and yeah. I live in the heart of the big orange country, man. If Tennessee football wins, it is unbearable. It's yeah. unbearable. <laughs> and I don't want to – I'm going to be awesome. I do not want to see Kay Mays get eligible. I'm not going to lie. I don't. But uh, here's the thing, though. I don't understand, even with K Mays, why they would wait till after the season starts
0: to do that. It's either yeah. a yes or no. Yeah.
1: So, you know, what's fair is fair.
0: Yeah, we, we we'll we'll see, and I believe we'll we'll hear something in the the very near future. My gut is that we hear something next week after the Auburn game, after the Joey Gatewood thing dies down. There's rumors of that gentleman's agreement, which you know, depending on who you believe, I I'll take I'll take the side of our very own Travis Graf on that one who reported that there is a gentleman's agreement that basically said he's good to go after the Auburn game. Uh, well, that
1: makes sense too, since they are playing Auburn first, that yeah. makes, I can see that.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see there. Um, all right. Before we get into the fun recruiting stuff that I'm sure you're just dying to talk about <laughs> with all of the excess stuff going on that we've talked about off, uh, off the air, guess who's back. My bookie is back with us uh, with they've, they've extended with us. So we're going to talk about them and and David's going to present his beautiful, beautiful picks that, Hopefully won you guys a ton of money last time. Um, But unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL is back and the NBA playoffs are in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. With the biggest online selection of bets and props, they've made it simple to win and easy to withdraw your cash. Right now, they've got a $100,000 super contest for only a $10 entry, and they're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return on your investment, $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You can sign up at my bookie. Just use the promo code sources say to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you put in a hundred dollars, they'll give you another hundred dollars. It's an easy way to jumpstart your bankroll, NFL, NBA, and MLB. They've all got it on tap. And it's never too late to get started on your winning season exclusively at mine.
1: So are you taking Kentucky and seven and a half?
0: I absolutely am taking Kentucky and over is
1: 49 and a half.
0: That is going to be a little bit more interesting. I, I think I might I think I might dabble in the over as well, but I am more focused on that seven and a half. I think that's just flat out disrespectful. Kentucky is going to cover that without even thinking twice. Knock on wood, whatever you want to do. But I feel very confident in that. And I personally will be taking my bookie up on that offer. Again hundred dollars hundred dollars in, hundred dollars back without even thinking twice, you could make a ton of money on that game. What are you thinking about that auburn line?
1: Yeah, I'll take Kentucky. I'm the same way. I don't know about the over under, but I'll definitely take Kentucky seven and a half.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a little a little high, I think you said it was forty nine and a half over under yeah.
1: yeah, and I always like you know those half points on their side of a touchdown.
0: Yeah, it's it, that's a little scary. I think. I mean, we, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'll probably stay away from that. Um, but that's seven and a half. I just I, I, when when you look at the physicality of Kentucky up front, th- there's just no way that that they won't be controlling the game the way that we've seen Kentucky football do very recently over the last several years under Mark Stoops, John Schlarman. That I mean, what they're doing right now is is just unheard of, and I'm excited to see it going. As you guys can tell, I'm getting very amped up about it. It's going to be a very very fun game. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and I want you guys to look forward to it w- w- with your bank accounts as well. Don't just enjoy it as a fan. Go through my bookie and enjoy it with extra money. We're talking free money with that with that Auburn line right there. All right. So now that we got that out of the way. It's time to talk about what you are just dying dying to discuss and that is the recruitment of sky clark and how uh, it, it's officially coming to an end next month so he sets he finally sets his commitment date for october 22nd which was just what 2 3 days after we had heard that he was going to push it back till you know november december time frame so he kind of backtracked a little bit on on the the timeline but ended up pushing up to october 22nd We're not going to go too, too in detail about the specifics of everything because I believe uh, that is something that we want Travis on the show when the commitment happens to break it down either way, whether he goes to Kentucky, North Carolina, if he surprises surprises us with anybody else, Travis needs to be on this show to kind of unveil unveil some of the the, uh, secretive behind the scenes stuff that has been happening. Uh, since the start of this recruitment, since the offers, you know, how it unfolded from there. Um, as of right now, David, we can talk about this, how in detail, how um, in depth you want, but from the get go, what is your, your, as of 740 on September 24th, what is your, uh, what is your take on Sky's recruitment?
1: Uh, I don't think we know. Um, and You know, I think you're going to see between now and October 22nd, I think you're going to see that the winds change. I think you can see it go different directions. Um, I think you're going to hear Kentucky be favored for a while. I think you're going to hear North Carolina be favored for a while. It wouldn't surprise me if you don't hear of another school being favored. Um, But I think it's going to take different turns. Um, I, I just think right now, whether or not they know what they want to do, I don't know. But I think there's, you know, intentionally a lot of, of smoke just to kind of keep the water stirred where, you know, there's not a consensus about what he wants to do. And I just think they want to keep it as uh, probably as unpredictable as they can keep it going into the decision, but where, where there's still a lot of intrigue and interest.
0: Yeah, I think I think you – I think you did a good job of keeping it, you know, not not unveiling, unveiling too much there, but still, you know, it's it's just such a complicated situation because at one point it, it was, we can confirm, done deal to Kentucky. Like, all sides were aware of this. I confirmed this through Kentucky that they were under the impression that he was coming. The people we've talked to on Sky's side have, you know, let us know that that they were very much leaning toward Kentucky and that the uh, odds were very very high that he'd end up in Lexington and there it seems like there was a a moment in time where Kentucky was pushing for a commitment they weren't jumping on the opportunity for a public commitment and they, you know, Hunter Salas, the, that situation kind of unfolded, realized he's a top six kid in the nation. He would have interest if if they started pursuing him, they started kind of feeling him out a little bit more, then started realizing that Sky might be, the, the last conversation I had with UK's side, they are under the impression that he's sticking with 2022. There's other rumors on Sky's side that he's going to make the jump after Peach Jam. There's there's just a bunch of, of logistical things that have, have unfolded in the last, i mean the expectation was that he was going to commit to Kentucky like first week of august and then when we got to mid august then late august then into september and then into mid september people started going all right at 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 what point is this starting to you know when is he going to jump on this where no matter where he goes when is he going to make a final decision on this and uh, and i think there's a lot of relief on Kentucky's side i think there's a lot of relief on north carolina side there's a lot of fan fan relief media guy relief that this decision is going to finally happen and it's going to happen on October 22nd um so again we'll talk way more in detail about it after the fact whether he comes to Kentucky or not there's just a lot to dive into with this recruitment that it's just it's not fair to him or his family or just his recruitment Taking the spotlight from him uh, about how things have unfolded and all that, so we'll leave that for the October 23rd show. Whenever the day after his commitment, we'll do something. We'll put something out about it, uh, and and we'll leave it at that for now. Um, but what we can talk about right now is is the the Hunter Salas dynamic and how with the you know things shaking up a little bit with Sky, interest in Hunter Salas has has increase exponentially in in recent weeks recent months and uh and i want to get your take right now Uh, we're actually in the process i've been talking to his mom about getting him on this show Uh, he's supposed to be on the show this week and 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 he was he's been busy with open gyms and workouts and and all that stuff so we haven't been able to get him on quite yet but but that'll happen in the near future i want to get your your gut feeling on that right now uh you know do you think that this is an either-or situation with Sky? Do you think that that Hunter is is um, is a, the bigger priority right now for 2021? What what is your just take on the whole dynamic of the Sky slash Hunter? Uh, is it one or the other? Both? Neither? What do you, what is your take?
1: Hunter would have to be the biggest priority right now because he's definitely 2021. Right. Uh, Sky is you know in 2022 right now uh and you know there's always that chance he could go back and like you said that's part of the uncertainty um you know he is when when he told me that he was going to stay 2022 um you know that was in no uncertain terms but then you know Kenny did bad few no more 24 48 hours later uh said you know never say never we will keep that door open mm-hmm. uh so but Right now, he could go either way, you know. So, but we know that Hunter Salas is 2021. He's got to be the bigger priority because of that. You're looking at an elite point guard who's now the high, according to Rivals, is the highest ranked guard in the 2021 class. He he passed uh, Kenny Chandler. He moved up to number six overall. So, he's right there, borderline top five player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's who, uh, to me, I mean, I think over all the players right now, no matter what position, I would think that uh, Hunter Salas is your number one priority.
0: I mean, when you look at Salas's game, and, and I believe it was Corey Evans who's now um, – he he left rivals, but he had a quote. I believe it was on Kentucky Daily with Sean Smith's show with, with Derek Terry. They do a phenomenal job over there. He said something to the effect of – At this point two years ago, Hunter Salas was a regional mid-major player. He was not going to be anything bigger than a regional mid-major. And and now you could argue that he is the most highly – Sought after guard in America, regardless of class. And when you think of just his growth and his development, what type of player he is, he's drawn comparisons to Shea gildas Alexander, especially from a development standpoint. He's drawn comparisons to you know kind of a, a mix between De'Aaron Fox and Shea in terms of the 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 control aspect of the game with 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 Shea and and the speed and the athleticism of De'Aaron Fox. I mean, this is a this is a can't miss. I mean, if, if he's knocking on Kentucky's door saying, I want to come, this is a kid that you take his commitment and you prioritize him over anybody, you know, in the guard class. I mean, I just think that's just, that's just a fact.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's one of, like you say, it's a, it, that's a no-brainer. I mean, he's a top one out there. Uh, one thing that, that I like about him, you talked about him, well, Corey said, you know, he was a regional mid-major player a couple of years ago, and I, I've spoken with people that know him well, know the family well, and are basketball people, and they've said that same thing, and I can kind of see it because, you know, he's still kind of thin. I think we probably looked at him at one time before he grew. Yeah, I I can see him as a 6'1", 6'2", kid who really doesn't fill out the highlight tapes. I mean, he doesn't make the incredible plays, so I could see him being in that boat but as he grows and his game's grown and he does it he doesn't have anything in his game to me that's not a strong point so yeah. to, to me that that sticks out he does everything well and it's not where he just well he's okay at this and you don't look and say, okay you don't have a weakness in this game mm-hmm. that's one thing i look at him and say that, that there's not a, a part of his game it's not a strength
0: yeah and I think that's kind of when you look at Nolan Hickman's commitment already to the program, we've talked about him on the show, talked about how much we like him and, and his long-term potential. And then you look at, at Devin Askew and the likelihood that he, he he returns for a second year. And I know, as we've said over and over again, it's never a guarantee for a player to return for a sophomore year at, at Kentucky. It's just, that's just a fact, but playing the odds here and, and knowing just, you know, roles and and, and how he will likely fit. Odds are good that he will return for a sophomore year. So you got to kind of play that, you know, you know, play that out. If you have all three of those, of those guards and, and Devin Askew is kind of the lead guy and Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman is the, as the, you know, if, if you're doing a three guard lineup, like Kentucky did this past year, you know, however you want to do it with coach Cal. Numbers are starting to get tight if we're talking about Sky Clark as a a reclass of 2021. You know,
1: one thing, too, about Hunter, um, and you look about fit for Hunter, and, of course, the thing is, if if I'm him, I would think definitely that I could play over Nolan Hickman, and that's not a – it's not a a knock on Nolan Hickman, but you would think the number six player in the country is going to play over the number 56 player or whatever he's ranked right right now. Absolutely. Uh, But one thing, too, if you look – as you guys know, I do work for the North Carolina site too. Trust me, that North Carolina backcourt is going to be stacked in 2021-22. It's going to be really good this year. They've got, you know, depth – quality depth. They've got quantity and quality. So – and so if you look at the others, Creighton's probably a top-ten team this year, and they're riding that because they've got a fantastic backcourt. Mm-hmm. So if you look at all these teams and you're looking for fit, uh, I mean, all of them's got stacked back courts. So I don't think Kentucky, as far as talking with Hunter Salas, I don't think Kentucky's at any disadvantage because of, of, uh, you know, a fit or or what's available on the roster. I don't think North Carolina or Creighton are at a disadvantage. I believe that's a wash. So, yeah, I don't think definitely it doesn't work against Kentucky.
0: Yeah, and when you put Kentucky heads up against Creighton, I know there's the home factor, and there have been some rumors that that he would like to potentially stay home, but – there's also the other rumors that if there's one thing that's going to take him away from home, it's going to be a blue blood, and it's going to be a Kentucky. So
1: I spoke with an individual here a week or two ago, and I don't want to mention him, but he's he's a national recruiting guy, and he's been really kind of playing Kentucky more and more. I said, it just sounds to me like you think it's Kentucky, and he says, I do – he says for two reasons. He said, number one, he said, I just don't think at the end, like you said, Creighton's going to be able to hold off a blue blood. And what you said made me think of that. But the other thing he said was that, you know, he had to North Carolina he had offer. He had the, uh, uh, I've drawn a blank. He had North Carolina offer. He had the Kansas offer. Kansas. But yeah. he really wanted the Kentucky offer and Duke. That's where we really wanted offers from. Duke didn't offer. Uh, but when Kentucky did, he said, I just feel like that was kind of a game changer and really feel like that's the, the one that he wants. And I know Corey, I think in that same interview when he went on with Sean said, uh, I think he called that a game changer. Mm. Uh, I think that was his quote. So, I mean, I, I, I do think that that Kentucky offer did mean something to him. I don't think there's any way around it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, and, 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 Travis can't be here but he but he talked to us uh, beforehand he called us he he talked to somebody very close to the Kentucky basketball program and asked specifically about Hunter Salas and uh and Kentucky right now feels very confident uh in, in that recruitment didn't say that it was a runaway didn't say that it, that it was a it was a home run by any stretch of the imagination but did say that yeah we're right in the thick of things we we're we're you know that we're going to be competitors in this recruitment so we're getting confidence on Kentucky's side there are rumblings that that Nolan's or um, uh, Hunter's mom really likes Kentucky and and that that as as Corey said that that this Kentucky offer was a game changer he's been waiting for a blue blood offer that'd be the one school the one type of school that could pull him away from home you know you go down the list of of all the saying all the right things and and all that and in in it does feel like we are, you know, inching closer to a, you know, there were rumors that he was going to wait until the spring to make a decision. And then, uh, you know, now. Let,
1: let, let me add this. I'm sorry. One no. thing I do know, and I'll say this, I put it on house of blue and it's about, so I don't feel like I'm giving away the premium information there because it's been there. It's just not breaking, but a lot of people don't know this. Uh, but an individual who knows this recruitment as well as anybody uh, has told me that, and I've said this all along, that that Hunter, um, I've not said it all long I've said it in the last few weeks, I'm sorry, that Hunter uh, actually would like to get this thing over now, but as far as the family goes, there's a little bit of a split there. Uh, we've got part of the family saying, no, let's wait, and, and Hunter would actually, I think, kind of side let's do it now, but I've heard since then that Hunter that, that the family's a little split there that Hunter really kind of likes Kentucky. And, uh, you know, there's others in the family there that are leaning in other directions. So they're all trying, it's a tight family knit group. They're trying to get on the same page, but I'll say this. I, I know like example with Kendy Chandler, Kendy Chandler um, did a zoom call with Roy Williams on a Monday night and his dad loved it. I talked to the, the the Colin the next day. He loved it. He said, we got another one next Monday night. I can't wait. And then later that night, I saw an interview. And the day after I did the interview, Brent Hubbs of BallQuest was in Knoxville. And, and from Knoxville was in Memphis. And he did an interview with Kendi, video. And Kendi's like, look. I'm getting ready to get this thing over. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm get over soon. And 48 hours later, he was committed to Tennessee, and that's when I knew that, you know, he and Dad didn't see things like on the on on the recruiting part, and that Colin really wanted to play that out. He wanted to have another Zoom call with North Carolina. And I've been told since then, if if Kenny would have waited to August or excuse me, to April or May, he'd have been the Dad would have been fine with because he was yeah. loving it. Yeah, but but the son's burned out with it. He's ready to get it over. Yeah, so, so that, these that... top families have they don't agree on everything. You know, they're in it together, but obviously you're different people. So no no two people are going to agree on everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's going to be a a good sign that you know potentially could Hunter say you know screw it, I, I want to just get this thing over with and and commit to a school. The earlier, the better. I think for for Kentucky at this point, with with how things are trending and how much they're pushing right now, uh, the timing of the offer with everything else going on. I mean, it really does feel like we are uh, that we're trending toward an early signing period commitment, and it being Kentucky at this point. So, think you know we'll we'll learn more with with Sky's recruitment if if he decides to change his mind again and and goes back to Kentucky for twenty twenty one. Does that change things? I don't know. I know Kentucky will accept him in 2021 if he were to commit tomorrow and, and announce his reclass. They would accept his commitment. They do like him and, and, and all that good stuff. But, again, Hunter Salas is Hunter Salas. He's a guy that you you take and you make work no matter what the situation is. And hopefully we get him on the show here here soon and, and he can confirm that for us. All right, we'll end the show with this. Bryce Hopkins, 2021 four-star forward, uh, announced that he is cutting his list to five of the – general consensus it's going to come this weekend um spoiler alert talk to his dad uh it's kentucky is going to be on the list surprise yay shocker everybody you know nobody had any idea that 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 was going to happen um so we know one of the five David, what's your general thought right now? As your as your thoughts change at all on on how long this is taking? You know, the, we we talked to his coach before. We talked to his dad. Uh, both of them kind of said that I expect him to to get this thing wrapped up sooner rather than later. It's kind of seems like this is dragging a little bit. Have your thoughts changed at all?
1: No, no, they've not. It, it, it's and I'll give you an example. Um, I read where and I, it was Eric Bossy who wrote that. You know he still thinks uh Kentucky is the leader has no reason to doubt it, and pretty uh, probably a strong leader right now, but he'd heard that Texas was making a push, and I spoke to an individual who uh is close to the Texas program, and uh this would have been yesterday and he told me we were trying to work on some contact information around Bryce, and he told me that um he said, you know, the Texas staff really hasn't been able to talk to them much either. They, they've kind of grown quieter. You know, Bryce was pretty open about doing interviews, and he's quieting down. And he says, well, I don't think the Texas staff's been able to talk to them much either. So for Texas to be able to make that push, evidently, you know, that's been rumored out there, they haven't been able to, to speak with him a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I know I'm getting a lot of texts from people in Illinois wanting to know um, what we're hearing here. I think Indiana feels like that they've got a shot in it. So, And I don't know. Every time I try to pick five schools, I screw it up. But <laughs> I would say – I do, man. I mean, it turns out to be a cluster. But I would say – I would say Texas, uh, Illinois, and Indiana are – who that fifth school is, I don't know. But uh, –
0: Providence, maybe. Not gonna, or, if they're
1: not, yeah, if they're not on that list, I'm not going to say I'm – Surprised, so like, oh wow! Yeah. yeah, Indiana didn't make it, but you know, Illinois was this. You know, his family is in Illinois; they're Illinois people. He's got a lot of family members went to school there. I was told that his dad, you know, has got Illinois stickers all over his car. Yeah, University uh, <laughs> of Illinois, and so you know, in Indiana, feels like they've made a strong push from things I've read, and then you hear this about Texas, but I, I just. I've not heard anything at all to make me doubt it. And when I've asked people why the delay here a little bit, and they said they just really wanted, he wanted to be sure, but he's really trying to separate this thing from the Louisville.
0: Yeah. He did
1: not want to decommit and then go commit, you know, right after that. He wanted to go through the process. And I think he wants to be sure, not rush it. I, I mean, I understand that. I don't know yeah. why you would do that and then just, you know, commit the next day somewhere sight unseen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and he, he, his dad said that to us and, you know, it was a heartbreaking decision for us, the, you know, that the NCAA kind of decided it for us when it became apparent that, that there was a bunch of uncertainty with his, with, with, you know, the sanctions and all that stuff. Um, so I, I totally understand why they would want to distance themselves from the decommitment and you know just kind of the, the shadow of 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 that before plunging on on another uh you know big time commitment especially if it's going to end up being kentucky you know louisville's biggest rival in kentucky so um makes total sense i expect kentucky 100 to be on there this weekend his dad said that he was he that uk will be so um from 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 that point will in fact i tried to get him on th- this show tonight his uh his dad said that Bryce's schedule was packed up too much, so he couldn't jump on with us. But we'll have him on the show as well, also working on Damian Collins as well. So we're, we're, we're going to get a, a good guest on for you. We're going to get a really special guest and for I you.
1: I can say this, Your too. Um, Travis and I have talked about this. And Travis on, on, on Cats Illustrated, he's more like the guy that breaks the stories, the uh, stuff that happened. And I, I do more of the interviews and do the story that works pretty well together. But I know this, um, you know, trying to get some of these guys. You know, my whole thing's based around calling guys and, and talking to them, or coaches, or parents, or whoever, doing interviews. And man, it's just—I'm telling you—it's like pulling teeth trying to get even twenty-twenty twos to get them to say
0: anything right now. So it's well, just quiet all the way around, especially with with how coaches can only talk to them through zoom and through, you know, their own little interviews. I bet the last thing they want to talk about, you know, in the past, they get a text from UK or whatever that says, Hey, come visit us this weekend. All right, we'll talk to you then. That's the extent of the you know conversation now because it's exclusively through virtual visits and zoom calls and, you know, all that stuff. I, I, one would, one would definitely assume that they get very uh, worn out with this process and just, you know, media and all that. So so yeah, we're just just be patient with us. We're gonna get some some really special guests on the guys that you guys want to hear from. They will be on very soon. We're working on it. Um, but with that, we will call this episode a show. Uh, we'll we'll end it there. So with that, David, where can fans find your work?
1: Uh, Cats Illustrated uh, on the Rivals Network, Travis Graf and myself, and also um, on Twitter at Coach David Sisk. I'm stuck in at 46 forty six, forty seven hundred range, man. It, it, did your Twitters kind of do that when when COVID hit? Some things is like it was going up. My Twitter followers were going up. And then when COVID hit, man, it's like you get lose two or three, gain two or three. I mean it's just like a, a crawl.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's a uh, I think they're weeding out some of the some of the bot accounts and the fake yeah. accounts and, and That's all always that. Yeah, I think they're you know the ghost accounts that don't exist anymore. I think they're in the process of of weeding through some of those. So
1: I love it when I get to, when I get to jump talk on Twitter from somebody and you look at them and it's their first tweet. and They've got like
0: one follower. And it's usually Chris five four seven eight nine. You know, <laughs> it's first name and seven you know seven digits of of what whatever. So yeah, that, that those are always those are always fun. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we will be back next week for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you next